Hey, what's up? Welcome to Cheers to Beers. I'm your host, Jess, and this is the second installment of our International Women's Month interview series brought to you by the Pink Food Society. As I mentioned in the previous episode, March 8th, today is International Women's Day and the official Pink Boots Brew Day. So here's a quick rundown on what the brew day is all about. Pink Boots Collaboration Brew Day is an international celebration of women and non-binary individuals in the fermented and alcoholic beverage industry, a movement to recognize the impact they have on our industry. Each year, registered teams brew beer and participate in Collaboration Brew Day, donating portions of the proceeds of their sales to help fund scholarships that support the Pink Boots mission to assist, inspire, and encourage the professional development and education of women and non-binary individuals in our industry. It is our largest annual fundraising event. These episodes were recorded in celebration of women, femme, non-binary, people doing cool shit, and those who have paved the way for us and those who are currently doing the work. This episode, we're talking to a rad group of women from the Yakima Chief Hops. Yakima Chief is a collective of hop farms that produces the Pink Boots blend, hop blend, that we use on this brew day. You know, Sean and I are sensory nerds, so this was right up our alley. We talked to them about how the blend is put together, the history of hop farms in the Yakima Valley, and hop education. So without further ado, here's our chat with Tiffany, Kat, and Kelly of Yakima Chief Hops. Cheers. Shauna, I feel like you've had this angle on your camera before, but I really appreciate that just right behind you is Josh's head, her husband's headshot, and then Jason Schwartzman right above. Those are my two loves, in order. <laughs> nice. He made me, it's funny because I, my cousin gave me this beautiful portrait of Jason Schwartzman from Rushmore, and he was a little bit jealous of it. So I had to frame so this high school to... headshot. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, I, if we could just go around real quick to give some introductions and say what your role is at Yakima Chief Hops, and then we can get some talking about hops. Uh, my name is Kat Wiest, and I am the new copywriting manager here at Yakima Chief Hops. Very stoked. I've been kind of working tangentially with uh, Yakima Chief Hops over the years through my involvement with the Pink Boot Society. I'm Tiffany Petra, and I'm the senior sensory manager here at YCH. I've been with the team since 2018 and in the hop industry for about 10 years. Um, so anything, so I love to smell hops. So that's basically Dream. what I Dream. Super cool. I'm Kelly. I've been with Yakima Chief, or Kelly Lormeyer. I've been with Yakima Chief since 2015. Um, I'm changing roles this year, so my new title is Strategic Accounts and Program Manager. It's such a fun industry to be in, and you know, for a lot of people who have a general idea of what beer is about, a lot of times the first thing people think of when it comes to beer ingredients is hops. So not only is it like a super fun industry to be in, but then the part of it that a lot of people are excited about is your world and that's pretty cool yeah it feels like especially in america too because we love hops so much just like different types and different um it's supposed to be in yakima too right the what the high, the highest produce like the highest producing hops region in the world is that still that's the case right yep we just we beat germany by a little bit so take that germany it's crazy <laughs> i don't think and the thing is, is i don't think a lot of beer drinkers know that even in Washington or Western Washington, major areas on the West Coast. Like, I think there's this idea that we make a lot of IPAs on the West Coast, but a lot of people don't know the actual direct correlation is because the growing regions are so close to us. Even when I teach some stuff at, um, I work for Aslan Brewing Company, and when I teach some education stuff there, uh, 
a lot of people are like bar- bartenders, servers, whoever are like, wait, what? Like we're so close to like the major growing region. And I'm like, yeah, this is why it's so exciting. This is why we make so many IPAs. I came up to the Pacific Northwest from California. And even after being in the beer industry for like, I think eight or nine years at the time, I had never seen hop harvest. I had never worked with fresh hops before. So the access is huge. Um, It's something I'm not going to say is taken for granted because everybody up here really seems to know how special it is. But I was never aware of um, just the just how awesome it is so few people in this country have the kind of access uh that's up here in the pacific northwest and it's a pretty cool thing to see yeah it's incredible especially like fresh hop because i'm from arizona originally and um i mean i think there's some people grow hops there but it's uh the fresh hop thing was a brand new thing to me when i moved out here i was just like wait what happens and it's it's kind of out of it's it's really incredible it's really fun yeah, so I think it kind of makes sense that Pink Boots, you know, the, I guess, the, I don't, I don't know if the stat is correct, but in my mind, Pink Boots is like the largest women-related beer organization around. Um, and so obviously it makes sense to be working with, if we're talking about hops and hop blends and this nationwide brew day that happens, to be working with uh, hop farm hop company in Yakima but and again working in Seattle working in beer Yakima Chief I think is pretty like synonymous we see everything YCH around all the time but maybe you could explain like what like how big your farm is or production facility is compared to other hop areas like you know or what even the connection is between YCH and Pink Boots Um, So Yakima Chief Hops is actually a collective of growers. Uh, We work with, I mean, it's, I think it was like 53 as of last year, like family farms across the valley in Yakima, um, Idaho, and Oregon. So we're actually like more of a collective. Um, We do have 14 grower owners at this point. 15? Okay, 15 grower owners. I should really know that by heart. And we added a few in the last couple of years. Um, but the basic three um, big owners that started the company were the Peralt Farms, um, Loftus Ranches, and now they have Tributary as well, and then Carpenter Ranches. And Tom Carpenter was actually the founder of Yakima Chief Hops. Um, he was kind of looking for a way to make sure that growers, hop growers were getting paid, you know, uh, a wage that could support the farm. And back in the old days, um, the Iron Curtain was pretty uh, strong across the hop industry where the dealers and the growers were very separated and the dealers were talking to brewers and not to the growers. Um, so really the growers were suffering. Um, there was a lot of loss of family farms um, across the years um, whenever it used to just be an alpha market. Uh, and that's usually, that's what hops were, was there an alpha, they're a commodity. Um, whenever craft beer really started to have its like heyday, um, that meant the aroma market started growing and you can see like USA hops um, there's a report on there that just kind of talks about acreage that's really interesting to look at um, across the years. And you can see when alpha tipped and aroma started to come up. Um, so really, as a collective of family farms, um, we work with all of our growers, just like cutting it to the chase, to make sure that those aroma hops are um, the best product that can come to market for our growers. Uh, so we work really closely with Yakima Chief Ranches, who's our breeding arm. 
um, and they help make, um, currently we're doing a lot of virus replanting, um, make sure that if we're um, naming a variety that we have um, enough rootstock to go into the ground. Uh, we do it a little differently these days. Um, we don't cut off rhizomes anymore. We, uh, for a lot of our hops, we actually grow inside of a nursery and then they pot plant in the field. And this helps just with um, disease, making sure they don't have powdery mildew or something else on them whenever they go off of a rhizome instead in a pot. Um, so yeah, we work as like a collective um, to make sure that quality hops come to, to all the brewers in the world. I really love that. I mean, that's incredible. Um, thank you for that. And I, I think it's really great that one of the key things you said was being able to pay farmers uh, a livable wage, right? Like you think about that often with uh, the materials that go into making beer. And I know that we can often forget like that actual human beings are behind the raw ingredients that go into it. Um, and how important it is to, you know, some transparency into that and to be like, are, are these people making enough money to be able to like put food on their table and have a, have a good life. So it's cool that that's something that is thought out and something that's part of um, the, the, it seemed like a part of the, I don't know all the details, but part of the collectives, uh, part of your, like part of the thing that makes it special, right. Is being thoughtful about that. Sustainable practices are really important to make sure the growers, you know, they can't keep growing hops for, you know, not making any the return on the investment. So just like a brewer, they can't make beer without the return on the investment. You know, you see these IPAs at $25. I don't know what your prices are where you are, but, you know, you got like $25 four packs. And like that means, you know, there's probably a lot of hops and a lot of love that are going into that beer. So make those greenbacks. Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea that it was a, a collective that way. <laughs> And I feel like that makes sense why the YCH brand it feels so ubiquitous in Seattle yep. beer to me is because it's not just one thing. It's a lot of farms being supported and sounds like a lot of cool practices that you guys are integrating into your company. Yeah, you guys should come over sometime and see us during harvest. We'd love to take you around. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I know. And I think too, I think about the air is just Ugh, filled with hops. That smells so good. Yeah. And thinking about too, like the, how close Yakima is to Seattle and some like the bigger beer regions in the state of Washington. I think I often think about stuff like harvest, like, oh, just breweries from here popping on over to the east side. But it seems like there's a lot of hosting of people from breweries from around the country during that time. So I bet it's a pretty busy point. Around the world, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, really I crazy. I was going to say, it's global. Yeah. To have people from, you know, to walk into, there's not very many bars in Yakima. So you walk <laughs> into like one of the bars and then you're just rubbing elbows with these people who have traveled from Japan and Germany, Australia, and then all over the U.S. to come and select this in ingredient. And it's really special. Uh, that's where also a lot of collaboration happens and younger brewers really get to learn from some of the masters and um, get to talk about some of the exciting innovation that they have. But it's it's such an exciting time and it's so weird. I'm not originally from Yakima, but I've been here for 12 years and it's grown a lot, but it's still relatively small and doesn't really have a lot of the amenities and resources that hosting right. like all of the brewers, um, you know, we don't really have all that, but it's super fun. Yeah, I can imagine it's like it. hosting the Olympics, like for a, few, like for a week or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's like how many hotels there? It's pretty small, right? It's not that the city hasn't really you know, it's not like, cause it, 
you know, there's not like um, resort places to stay or anything. Um. <laughs> no, definitely not. And we haven't really made like hop tour, like hop tourism isn't a thing yet here. And I really think that's an untapped yes. potential that we have because we have such, we're a great grape growing region as well. And we have so many, you know, wineries and you go to the source and you drink exactly. the wine while looking over at the vineyard and you hear about all these practices. So, I mean, Balebreaker is a great example, you know, our, one of our favorite local breweries, right. That they're in the middle of a hop field and yes. they're okay. Can you guys hear family, me? I don't know so they're able on. to really talk about the entire okay, process. <laughs> My phone next was to like, the farm and um, going to that source is really an exciting, um, an exciting thing, but I think we could do a lot more to educate beer drinkers who are becoming more and more savvy as the years go by. I mean, they, they are asking for specific hop varieties, which never seemed to happen before. And they're asking about certain, you know, new products that I think, you know, maybe just one company has released. And the fact that they know what cryo hops are is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I think we could get a lot more people interested in walking through a, a picking machine and seeing the whole facility and, and understanding the whole process. Um, but I guess that's for our tourism <laughs> I don't know. YCH will probably lead the charge because we love hosting people and educating. But um, you know, listen, maybe fun. Jess and I have an untapped market here with Seattle Beer School. We can just uh, I mean, scoot on over I'm for ready. that. The wheels are turning. <laughs> field trips. A true field trip. A yes. true field trip. That's right. Now we're talking. Yeah. And I believe um, to get back to the pink boots, like how this happened, I think Kelly, you told me briefly when we were on a call about the origin story of how the P this will be the sixth pink boots blend this is the sixth blend yeah okay and can you tell the the origin story of how that began um so it was the origin story of the pink boots blend was like pretty simple uh, i had gotten this job with yakima chief hops to be the regional sales manager here in california and um i had been trying to make new friends because i was new to the city and i went to a beer dinner and laura ulrich was there um, during beer week and I had gotten to chatting with her and like we had ended up hung, hanging out and she was really, really nice. And shortly after that beer dinner, um, I was in Yakima for harvest and we were um, in the hop field. We were actually in an experimental hop field in Peralt Farms and um, the whole sales team was there. And the CEO at the time was kind of asking me, you know, how can we get more women involved um, and do some education or some reach out or whatever. And I had thought about Laura and I was like, wow, I met Laura from Pink Boots Society and she seems really like a go-getter. Uh, maybe we could do something with Pink Boots. Um, and so he was like, sounds like a good idea. Let's try it. And it being, so I reached out to Laura, just like, hey, do you think you would like to do something with us? And um, the GABF was coming up and that's where the annual Pink Boots meeting is for the national, you know, everyone from America gets together and sometimes you have some international people there. Um, but she's like, it could be a great opportunity. We have a meeting here. Um, why don't you come with some hops and let's just like see what happens. Um, so I came with my hops and we had um, evaluation sheets. And Tiffany, this was before your time. So <laughs> I think they were different than the nice ones that you have now. <laughs> but <laughs> um, We took those hops and I just laid them out in a row. And um, Kim Britton Lutz, actually, who's the vice president of brewing now, I believe it's her title at Maui Brewing. And um, Nicole, who was with the CBA at the time, um, started to kind of like, nobody was really that interested in the hops. They would kind of like look at them and then they kind of like would walk away. But those two... I don't know. I, I was there. I recall that being like a very exciting time. 
maybe you're just being too hard on yourself. <laughs> but Kim and Nicole kind of started putting like, were you in that group too, Kat? They just started putting different like pinches of hops and cups and then smelling them and then adding more or like. I wasn't, I wasn't in their group, but I was definitely uh, getting involved. Okay. And I, I think something that gets overlooked is for many, I'm sorry about my computer, for many um, members, they don't have access, they don't get hands-on access to ingredients. So even as a brewer, you know, I wasn't necessarily getting hands-on with whole cone hops. I was at a very small pub outside of the Pacific Northwest. Like it was very exciting to be like, wait, I can just, uh, we, we just make this big, huge, awesome, delicious mess. Uh, so yeah, for, for many members, it's their first interaction with one of the sexiest ingredients in beer and to be able to like tangibly touch them and smell them and like mm -hmm. mess around with them and they're like fresh from harvest so it's like you're seeing like the the whatever year it is that harvest that just happened like literally like ongoing because sometimes gabf is in the middle of harvest mm. which is always a challenge <laughs> um but yeah like kat said i mean it was that first year was kind of the, the crux of the start of what is now, like, I mean, I think we have like upwards of 150 people um, whenever we can have it live. Um, when we've not been able to have it live, we've started with, um, we did 15 boxes in 2020. And then in 2021, we did anyone at, at any chapter could have a box. So we'd send them a box of hops and then they would rub those and send us their likes and things, but, and Tiffany can talk more about kind of like that process um, whenever you guys get to that. But yeah, it's been really cool. Like Kat said, it's just a way to get people involved in ingredients in a way that they probably never see. Cause a lot of times whole cone doesn't go out to breweries and yeah, it was just a very simple and it still is a very simple um, thing that we do. Um, the making of the blend. And then on our back end, we're going to do a little bit more, you know, we pick bales and things that, um, will be the best representation of that variety um, to make sure that the blend is uh, really powerful and positive, but that's super simple, easy story, just brainstorming ways to get people involved in uh, touching the product. That's so cool. And are, is it, is it still whole cone or are they now pellets that are going out? Um, we pelletize. Yeah. We pelletize everything. Oh, yeah, so basically okay. like, <laughs> like big old yeah. bags of whole cone right. going to yeah. everybody. <laughs> Might be a little yeah, unwieldy. So, <laughs> right. Well, and basically what happens is we get the ratios to like the pinches or whatever you want to call it. We've never done a scale or anything. So we're just like one pinch, two pinches. And then cool. like the sensory team and the production team take that data and then they drill it into like the percentages of what should go into however many pounds we're going to produce. Cool. Uh, so it's pretty, I guess, scientific in that manner. We kind of get a little more nitty gritty to make sure that we have something that's going to have like a good alpha and a good oil. Um, and it's going to be like, you know, a nice hop to brew with. And we've had, I mean, I haven't had a bad pink boots blend like in my entire, this five years. So in year six, I haven't got to smell it yet, but I'll be able to smell it here soon. So I'm sure Tiffany smelled it there. She oh, gave yeah. us some background. I love that you're like, so it's we keep it pretty, pretty, pretty cool. And you know that if, I don't know, if you let me have my way, I'd make it super complicated. <laughs> so I'm glad you, you keep me in check, Kelly. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just rein it in. But um, yeah, well, I, I felt like, you know, 
COVID, whatever. <laughs> but it really gave us some interesting opportunities because um, one of the things we had been talking about was, you know, there's really only a certain number of people that can attend GABF or people that can afford to go to GABF. And so actually being able to send out kits and get more people involved and give each individual chapter an opportunity to host a hop specific educational event uh, was really just inviting more people to the table and giving more people a voice and how that blend is, is generated. And so I've really loved how, I mean, yeah, terrible circumstances, but it really pushed us into a direction that I think, you know, I, I, I like that we're back in person and everyone's able to go to GABF and make that final call, but we are still trying to do a hybrid scenario. So this last year, what we did is actually just let any, um, any of the chapters order a kit. So we made over 85 kits and I think we sent out just over 50 um, and we sent them international as well. And so people could host and they had each had pelleted 15 different varieties that all the chapter could, you know, the chapter could get together, have a hop focused meeting, smell through all of the varieties. And then they were supposed to rank and nominate like seven varieties that they wanted to see in a, in a blend. And so we just took all of that data in from, from the chapters that participated and then distilled that down. And I believe we sent eight varieties to JBF. So it was kind of giving everyone like an initial voice. And then we still needed people to kind of assess in person and make those, those blends on the table. Um, but we just picked whole leaf then for them to use for that. And that's great because it represents the current crop year. And that is what we're going to pelletize for the sixth annual blend or what we did pelletize. And, um, I, I unfortunately wasn't able to attend because I was yeah, still busy with harvest here, but um, from what I hear, it was a super fun educational event, and uh, we always try to pack in uh, a speaker as well to give in you know, as much education as we can pack in as possible. But um, after we received, you know, the, these are the varieties that we want to use at these ratios, um, a kind of a fun thing is that my sister actually works at Yakima Chief as well, and she has worked... Um, primarily with the production team and now has moved into a marketing role, um, but it affords her the opportunity to, we, you know, like sit down together every year and then we read the sensory notes from what happened at the blend. And she was also there and was able to smell them. And she's a trained panelist and um, take those notes. And then we shop, we look through all of our inventory and see what, what lots were rated very highly in sensory for quality. And then can we find the most, grapefruit forward tropical equinot lot to go into this blend and like does it meet all of these other specs that we need to have it hit in order to be to be good in this blend and so uh, it's kind of fun to have I think it's this blend is also affording you know women in our own organization more leadership opportunities too because we've kind of been given the reins and take charge so I was I was talking to Kat about this earlier it just feels like the ripple effect of this blend is is broader than I think we all would have imagined from where it, where it stemmed in a, in a little hop field uh, with Kelly and the CEO. So thank you, Kelly. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the, the story of it, that it started just very organically, just kind of like, I mean, science is very important and obviously something that we all need. And it, especially when you're trying to get hit the alpha and the aroma and the oils and all the things you want when you're brewing, but it's cool that it started as something that, you know, just like, using your hands and smelling and which we all should be doing. You can like make the most scientific beer and follow everything exactly what you want. But if you're removed from it, right? Like that's what sensory is, is like kind of connecting science with actual human experience. So I just love that part of it, that it's, it's still, it's still real. 
as if science not real but you know what I mean it's like <laughs> it, it's no it can feel really theoretical and removed but I I did like someone was saying like sensory science is is the science of human experience mm. and I really liked that that thought that's so, great yes getting your hands dirty is necessary because you've got to interact with those hops and I can tell when there's like new experimental varieties if I haven't been in the field you know I, I want to go out there and like see mm -hmm. the hop interact with the hop look at her and uh, admire her <laughs> and then I can talk about her knowledgeably and and we can start to brew with her but she's your muse I totally get what right? you're saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are so many of them though. <laughs> many muses I'm curious about how the actual collaboration in terms of there's a lot of Pink Boots chapters. I'm sure there's a lot of people that come to this GABF event meeting. Is it just like a ton, like too many cooks in the kitchen? Or do you feel like people tend to taste or smell one thing and be like, whoa, that's crazy. And there kind of becomes like a consensus or like, how do you even navigate all the opinions that are coming in when it comes to coming up with actual blend? We have a pretty great system in place. It's very official um, where everyone gets a bottle cap. And <laughs> when you place the bottle cool. cap into the cup next to the blend, it is how you cast your vote. I think we get two bottle caps actually. Um, so there, like Tiffany was saying that we always do have uh, an educational component. So because for many women, it is their first time getting hands on with these ingredients, we'll talk about how to, you know, how to break apart the lupulin glands, like warm it up in your hand, like evaluation techniques. Um, there's going to be a sensory lexicon available. Sometimes, you know, compounds to kind of figure out how to, how we're talking about the different things that we're experiencing through sensory. Um, and then it is, I'm not going to say um, a free for all, but it, it feels pretty close. It's a very exciting, it's, it's very excited borderline chaos of getting oh but i like this one and now i'm gonna mix it with this and oh wait that's not as great as i thought it was now i'm gonna come back mm -hmm. over here and just about everybody gets involved in in that part of it uh we'll put together a few blends and then i think this last year we did two rounds but i could be i could be making that up it was um it was quite busy and you know earlier we were kind of discussing how how the blend went uh for this sixth formation and I had I, I just loved my blend so much I was like this is going to be the one it has everything that I want but not everybody wants the thing that I want um but I thought for sure like oh this is a slam dunk I didn't even vote for my own blend uh. <laughs> uh, I voted for the one that actually I didn't know because it was not it the one that is the one that it is the 586 the laurel <laughs> and the equinot it was so good it was a slam dunk it was a no-brainer it wasn't even close i mean that blend totally blew it out of the water there were a lot of great blends on the table and that one um was the clear winner so it's pretty exciting to see we all create something that we're pretty excited about but then you know there's just it's like oh well this is you know this is this is the one so for as many of us do get involved, just being able to say we were all involved and we all agree, like this was the one. Democratic. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 democratic. It's like if there were a herd of cats uh, running through a field trying to cast <laughs> a ballot. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 crazy, but it, it's always a good time. And it's a it's a great kind of chaos. You know, everybody is excited. Everyone is happy. 
Yeah, it feels like, I don't know, obviously I don't know what it's like to work for YCH, but just the, from talking to the three of you, it seems, you all seem really stoked and like happy to be working there. Um, and I don't know, as you said, Tiffany, like the tr ripple effect of propping women up and like, it seemed it seems like just like a very supportive environment um maybe it wasn't always and you you've been trailblazers and made it so um but um it, it's cool that the, there's this sort of like women helping other pe women or women identified people just to make people like leadership roles and just be more comfortable with talking about sensory and education and i just think that's really cool i think that pink boots has given me well i can say with absolute certainty that Pink Boots has given me uh, more tools and opportunities to advance my career just through uh, the volunteer work that I've been able to take on. I worked for breweries that, you know, I didn't really have leadership opportunities or, you know, maybe leadership opportunities would present themselves in ways that weren't necessarily beneficial to, you know, my goals for where I wanted to go with my career. But in stepping up and doing activities through Pink Boots, serving on the board of directors, uh, doing chapter leadership. Um, I was, I, I got the tools that I needed to advance my career into leadership positions, even though, uh, you know, the, the breweries that I was working for weren't really giving me those opportunities. So for Pink Boots members or, or women thinking about becoming a Pink Boots member, sign up, uh, you know, raise your hand, you, you get out what you put in. And there are so many opportunities for learning that are beyond, you know, we've got so many educational opportunities at our meetings. We try really hard to make sure that the scholarship opportunities span the vast diversity of our, of our industry, but you know, you can, you can take it further than that. So get in there, get your hands dirty. <laughs> I feel like that's what's so valuable about an organization like Pink Boots, too, is it's like, even if a brewery has good intentions, you know, sometimes the decisions aren't made in ways that are supporting people that aren't so dominant in the industry. So you're right. It's like you kind of just have to, like, make it happen for yourself. But the fact that there's an organization that's so big and so connected in U.S. brewing is like important so why wouldn't you take the opportunity to if that's what you want to do and you don't feel supported in your place of employment or even in like your personal scene your city scene like you just have to go out and do it for yourself and it seems like there's tons of women who are ready to support you definitely yeah it's nice to find a network of people right like you can sometimes feel kind of lonely to be as a, if a very male dominated um, field. Um, it's sometimes can feel like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Um, and people probably don't even know about pink boots, honestly. I mean, it, it, you know, some, some folks may not, but yeah, it's always nice to be able to have mentors, right. Or lack of a better, like people that you can connect with. Yeah, definitely. And then, the, you know, you, you connect with people and then you become a mentor or a mentee and, uh, then the ripple effect happens and, and, we're all lifted. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I feel rad. so um, inspired right now. Yes. Is, I know, right? It's the yes. most inspiring podcast we've ever done. <laughs> Truly. Um, <laughs> I am curious from everyone's perspective, when the Pink Boots Hoplend goes out, 
Do you feel like you're seeing a lot of IPAs um, as a result, or are you noticing other styles becoming more popular maybe in the past year or two that has been available? Um, I feel like it's so a lot of people that maybe aren't brewers like focus on this idea of a hot blend. So the idea is IPA. And I wonder how much of that goes into when the actual selection is happening, but are you seeing other styles being brewed with these hops or does it seem like IPA is kind of the way the hop blend is set up to be brewed with? Um, I'll, I'll tackle that first. I think I'm, I'm based, I live in Oregon. My home chapter is uh, Portland, even though I, I don't actually live in Portland. And a, a lot of the women who are involved with that early process of voting up hops, we're Pacific Northwest, but not all of them are um, IPA brewers. There are a lot of women brewers down there that are focusing on Belgian styles and very delicate lagers. So knowing that it's kind of a gimme to make an IPA and we always want to make sure that we have like a, a hop that will perform well in an IPA, that thought process goes into what would play nicely with uh, Belgian style yeast, what would work in a low alpha, um, very floral driven lager. And I, I think that those have all been really successful. I, I can honestly say that I've never had a bad beer that was a Pink Boots collab. I think there's a lot of love that goes into it. It's, it's not just the hop. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also imagine that it would if if you were receiving the that hop blend with and you're like, okay, I'm going to brew something with this, but it's not going to be an IPA that kind of creates a, a fun little uh, creative incubator to be like, well, what can I do with this then? Absolutely. I think the funnest one I've seen is a there was a, like a dry hop saison that a brewery in Prescott, Arizona did. Um, I mean, IPA is king, right? It's like the highest skewing. I mean, it is. It is. It is for style. me. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I want them. I want them high and dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, uh, the blend, because it's such a like a blend of hops, and Tiffany might be able to speak better to this. But it's hard to make one that's like going to be a delicate lager hop or a blonde. Totally. So you're gonna have to think like you're gonna get probably a. We tried to look at like an alpha range and an oil range when we first started this, but we were finding that really hard to like adhere to because if you pick all hops that are like, you know, 10, 11, 12 alpha and, you know, 1.5 to 3 oil, you're not going to be able to make a, a delicate blend. Um, but I think the way that you use it and being creative in your brew house is the whole point of doing the hot blend. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers, but the Pink Boots used to they would say we do the March 8th brew day, the international women's day brew, but it would be a style. So I think the last style was like a red ale, a red ale. Yeah. yeah. Fun. I, I just have to, and Oh, people... go ahead. I just want to circle back to the creating opportunities that red ale. I was, yeah. um, I was a graveyard <laughs> brewer at a brewery in San Francisco at the time and didn't have input on, you know, recipes or styles or anything. That was the first time I approached them. I said, I think we should do this brew. And they said, we can, um, we'll donate 20% of, of sales. Uh, we'll do 60 barrels of it and you have, you will write the recipe. And it was the Ooh. first time that I was given that type of, uh, you know, creative opportunity and it was terrifying and it was awesome. And the beer was, a, it was so great. Oh, that's so cool. I remember that one fondly. And Kat had a good experience, but a lot of, I think before we started the blend, they weren't getting much buy-in. And I forget what the number of breweries was in 2017, but I 
feel like it was like under a hundred teams were joining in on I this. I think that's, I think that's brew day. Right. Yeah. It was also a mouthful. We called it international women's collaboration brew day. Um, it was really <laughs> difficult to hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's like a marketing um, nightmare. <laughs> right. But with the advent of this blend in 18, we had 260 breweries. And last year they had over 600 registered breweries. So it's just like grown and grown and grown every year. So seeing that opportunity too, like the creativeness of having a blend to create your own brew and your own style, um, I think has really helped propel this forward across, you know, the country, the world. It's really interesting to see. You can see all the um, stats on international, the International Women's Day page on the pinkboots.org. Um, so I recommend you check it out if you want to see what's going on. It's really neat. I think it's really important, too, to say, like, in no uncertain terms, anyone can use this hop and anyone can register for a brew day. So when you purchase the Pink Boots blend, Yakima Chief Hops donates $3 per pound sold back to the Pink Boot Society. That's a direct donation that that happens. And then if you take those hops and you brew, um, you register for a Pink Boots Collaboration Brew Day, then there's a, you know, there's a donation agreement that you go through during that registration process. So now, uh, you know, that that donation impact is being multiplied. And then I feel like I also need to stress that if you want to do, uh, if you want to register a Pink Boots Brew and get involved with, you know, our amazing <laughs> nonprofit that is, you know, lifting women all around the world. Uh, you don't have to use the hot blend. Anyone, any brewery can register and also any brewery uh, can purchase and use these hops. So, so, so get some, <laughs> get some and brew with them, register on, on our pink boots, uh, pink boots society.org website. Yeah. The amount of money that has been, you know, raised from this has been pretty incredible. I was looking at the numbers and it was like, wow, that's, it's pretty impressive. It's really cool. The significance, um, the significance of that, those types of donations, I, I cannot, uh, it just can't be overstated. Uh, Pink Boot Society is a grassroots nonprofit organization. And for many, many years, until I joined the board in 2018, and just a few months after I, I started on the board, we had decided to um, hire a nonprofit management company. So that means up until 2018, uh, the spring of 2018, Pink Boot Society had always been 100% volunteer operated. And now it's probably like 90% volunteer operated, but we do have assistance from, you know, a management company that's, that, that's helping out. But it's just, it just blows my mind that Pink Boots uh, made it as far as it did and has been so insanely successful and impactful uh, just based on people who have full-time jobs donating their spare time and saying, hey, this needs to happen. I guess I'll go, I guess I'll go do it. I guess it's time to make it happen. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. And also just like cool that it was Pink Boots is still like holding that that like status and having so many members to the point where it was like no we have to have more help. We can't just do it on our own anymore. So Definitely. I, that's really cool to hear. <laughs> is there any other last minute things you any info you want to throw in about the hops that you're excited about? Any information related to the hot blend and pink boots that wants to be stated before we wrap it up uh the blend 
was just released a couple of weeks ago for spot availability. So after, you know, the creation takes place, it's all pre-orders. Then pre-order closes. And then once the pellets are formed, you know, you can talk to your sales rep or, you know, check out the spot availability on Yakima Chief Hops. But they're out. So they should be very easy now for everyone to get access to. So if you're listening, uh, go buy them, talk to your head brewer, get the get the Pink Boots blend. And also check out the Pink Boots website and register for a brew day. See, there's a really cool interactive map. You can see all the brew days happening in your town, around the state, around the world. I think 14 countries right now. So I could, you, I'll just stop now. It's a really big deal. It's very, very <laughs> close to me. Uh, and everyone needs to be very excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dream that April becomes Pink Boots Brew Month. Like there's so many pink boots brews brewed in March that in April you can walk into any tap room or any brewery and say, what's your pink boots beer? Mm. Because everybody will just have one. Help me make that true. We're yes. going to make it happen. I, <laughs> and I think that also cat to backpack on that or piggyback or whatever. Um, I think it's important for like the registration process to happen because when you register as a brewery, you get access to the local Pink Boots chapter. Mm. And then those women might come to your brew day or those women might check your brew out or you might find a new employee. Um, totally. It just creates this access path. Um, and, you know, in the climate that we're in, it's it's good to create conversations with all sorts of different people. So I think that that's a really important aspect is to make sure you register. Don't just do this as like a fluff. Like I'm making a pink boots brew. I'm working, I'm doing international women's day, you know, connect with people, make sure you have the right conversations and, um, and be open to listening and, and getting people um, involved in your brew. So. Well said Kelly. <laughs> Thanks. I have like nothing to add to that, except <laughs> I'm super excited for my chapter to do our pink boots brew <laughs> and uh, with single hill brewing. So we're planning oh, cool. to do that on international women's day. And then I'm also involved in uh, junior league of Yakima. So another um, all women's nonprofit organization, and we're actually hosting a big conference in Yakima. Um, all of the Pacific Northwest leagues are traveling here and we're having like a beer release party so it's kind of, and then we're going to have a pink boots table there. And even though these women probably aren't involved in the beer industry at all, but just bringing two women focused organizations together to talk about the cool work they're doing in their communities all over the same beer is going to be incredible. And I can't wait to see the impact that, that has as well. So just oh, so be awesome. I love working with all these it's people. It's so incredible. <laughs> and I love what you said too, Tiffany, about um, the that COVID brought about like obviously terrible things, but like the accessibility of these boxes and the educational opportunities it brought brings like, cause access to education is so important, right? Or just like accessibility in general. Sorry, my, my, my little girl just came home. So she wants to see me. Um, and she's like talking about pink boots and women. I want to get on this. Um, but yeah, that I feel like that's so important to Jess and I too, is this accessibility to not only brewing in general but just like to education and to knowledge and to like there's so much gatekeeping and so many like yeah register as you said kelly right otherwise it's just you're just kind of doing it to like do it to show people you're doing it and it's like but if it doesn't lead to like conversations and community and then it's what's what's the point so you all are doing amazing work and um not only because we are nerds and love hops and all the nerdy stuff that goes into that, but actually real work that makes beer more than just a beverage, right? It's like a, 
it's yeah it's 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 um it's education it's uh it's knowledge it's the earth it's community it's so many things i'm like i'm gonna start crying so we have to move on <laughs> uh, yeah i i just want to thank you for joining us for sharing all this information it's really cool i'll make sure to link everything that's important in the bio of this um episode so it'll be easy access for people to just click through and find out how they can get involved um but yeah thank you for sharing and thank you for joining us thank i learned you. so much in just like 30 minutes so yeah. I, I love it <laughs> thanks for having us We'll have yeah, to do this another. This is awesome. One. Thanks, ladies. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Look forward to meeting you too. Yes. Yeah, we'll see you in Yakima. Day. Definitely. Yakima.